Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. And we do welcome you to our study today. Here in Search the Scriptures, we do exactly that. It's not just the name of a program. It's what we do on this program. We dig deep into God's Word. We peel the layers of the onion back, so to speak. We look at God's Word in depth and in detail, but then we strive to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. We want to help you grow in your faith. Well, how can we do that? We can't just talk about faith and expect you to grow in your faith or expect ourselves to grow in our faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So as we continue to get into God's Word and study it diligently, then your faith should be growing. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, Study or be diligent to present yourself approved before God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God's word. As you learn more and more from God's word, your faith should become deeper and stronger and fuller. And as that happens, then you should be coming closer to God. And our prayer is, and we really do pray for you, our prayer is that you will make up your mind to come to God all the way, His way, through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, God's Son, repenting of your sins, Luke 13 and verse 3, confessing your faith in Christ openly, Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33, and surrendering to Him in baptism for the remission of your sins, Acts 2 and verse 38, so that as you come into him in that way, you can be saved. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. And again, we really do pray for you. Now, we encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com. And we want to ask you, encourage your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, anybody and everybody to do exactly that. Go to our website at churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to the podcast button, click on that, and subscribe or sign up for our podcasting. It is free, and it will always be free. I'll say that again. It is free. It will always be free. We're not after your money. We want to help you get to heaven. Sign up for our podcasting, and you'll automatically receive all of these radio programs on a daily basis. Many times people, they can't listen every day because their busy schedules conflict with the times when these programs are aired over the radio, even though we're on several times a day. But you see, when you sign up for the podcasting, you'll automatically receive them to your smart device, whatever the device you choose, your smartphone, your computer, your laptop, your pad, your tablet, whatever you might choose. Automatically go there every day. But you'll also receive a whole lot more. You'll get all of our sermons, you'll get all of our Bible classes, and you'll get a great short, about a 12-minute daily Bible study that we call today's Bible class. All of that will automatically go to your device. And then you can pull it up in the podcasting and you can listen when you do have time. So take advantage of that and encourage others to do so as well. Again, it's free and it will always be free. What a great opportunity and resource. Now I want us to get back into our study of abundant Christianity. Again, 
coming from John chapter 10 and verse 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, probably most people would automatically think, okay, he's talking about eternal life in heaven. Well, that would certainly be the ultimate application of what he is saying there. But I believe he offers us abundant life right here in this world. If we will become true Christians, true followers of him, faithful, consistently obedient on an ongoing basis, I believe that the Christian that the Christian life is the most abundant life that any person could live. Because you see, we're focused in a different direction, a more positive direction, a more blessed direction. We realize that this world is not really all that there is and where it's really at. But we realize that as Christians, we live in a different reality. We live as the family of God. And as a result of that, we look forward to that ultimate application and understanding of the abundant life that Jesus came to bring us if we will come to him. And that is eternal life in heaven. Wow, what a life that will be. Well, we talked about and we're looking at how God blesses us with abundant Christianity. In this particular line of study, we're looking at this concept or this principle of abundant life through Christ from two perspectives. And first, we're looking at it from the perspective of how God offers us abundant Christianity. So we talked about how Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in Christ, he brings us to God, the creator, the blessing giver. And as we pointed out, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning, James 1 and verse 17. So the really good things that are in your life, they're from God. They're blessings from God. But you see, for the one who has become a Christian, who has come to him in Christ, oh, he looks forward to, and he is a recipient of far greater blessings than all the rest of the people out there in the world. Now, most people, they would think abundant life, money, and all the things money can buy. But you're going to die one day, and you're going to leave all that money behind, and all of those things that you bought with your money, all that's going to be behind you. You can't take it with you. Some others might say, well, good health, strong physical body, active on an ongoing basis, you're still going to die, though. You're going to die physically. Unless the Lord comes again, every one of us is going to die physically. So as long as you may be able to condition your body to keep on functioning and working, it's still going to be pretty short in comparison to all of eternity because that physical body is going to wear out one day and you're going to die. So that's not where the abundant life is either. The abundant life is in that spiritual relationship that we have with God through Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places 
in Christ. Now there's the qualifier. We've got to be in Christ. Once again, in Christ, he brings us to God. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Ephesians 1, I'm sorry, Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Jesus brings us to God. Being in Christ, we come to God through Christ. Well, what are some of the spiritual blessings that Paul lists when he says that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ? We've looked at some of these already. Well, first, we're in Christ. We talked about that. We're also counted as holy and without blame before God. That's the idea of being sanctified. Being sanctified is to be set apart, and from the scriptural perspective, set apart unto holiness. Well, through Christ, because it is through Christ, his blood shed on the cross, that we're forgiven of our sins. When does that happen? How do we come into Christ again? Romans 6 and verse 3, we're baptized into Christ. Galatians 3 and verse 27, we're baptized into Christ. What is the blessing of being in Christ? Salvation. Romans 8 and verse 1, nor is there con- neither is there condemnation to any who, in- who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore no- now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. No condemnation, salvation. Salvation's where? In Christ Jesus. How do we come into Christ Jesus? Through baptism baptized into Christ. Romans 6 and verse 3, baptized into Christ. Galatians 3 and verse 27. Now there's no way to get around what those verses say as to how we come into Christ where all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places are found. In Christ. We're counted holy and without blame. Yeah, because we're forgiven of our sins as we come into Christ. On Pentecost, the Jews asked, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Acts 22 and verse 16, Ananias, sent by the Lord to teach Saul of Tarsus, asked Saul, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. So, As we are baptized into Christ, the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. We're counted holy and without blame. And we also are adopted as God's true children. Now, a whole lot of people think that everybody alive is a child of God. Not in this most important and ultimate sense. Because as we read in John chapter 1 and verse 12, John chapter 1 and verse 12, as many as received him, that is, as received Christ, we understood what that means. We come to him in repentance. We come to him confessing our faith in him as God's Son and our Lord and Savior and surrendering to him in baptism. We come into him in that way as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. You don't become something you already are. 
So to become children of God, that means you are not a child of God before you become a child of God. And he's not talking about just being born into this world. He's talking about being reborn into Christ. Reborn spiritually. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And as you look at what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, and verses 12 through 17, God adopts us into his family as we become Christians. And Paul goes into that again in Galatians chapter 4. talks about the same principle, the same truth, that God adopts us as we become Christians. You don't adopt your own children. You adopt children who are outside of your family, and you bring them into your family and make them a part of your family. But you don't adopt your own children. They're your children. So in Christ, then, we are adopted as God's true children. Look at verse, look at verse uh, uh, 5 again. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. In verse 6, it goes on and says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You know, a lot of people want to be accepted in a lot of different circles, social circles. A lot of people want to be accepted by their peers. Some people, sadly, they long to be accepted by their family members who seem to shun them. But, see, the most important one before whom we need to be accepted is God. And in Christ, as we have come into Christ, where all these spiritual blessings in the heavenly places are found, and they're only there for those who have come into Christ, who are true Christians, according to the New Testament pattern, they are accepted. They are accepted by God in Christ. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Well, we've already talked about that. We're forgiven as we're baptized into Christ. Acts 2 and verse 38. Acts 22 and verse 16. And you could look at it in way of reference without using those exact words in Ephesians chapter 5 and Titus chapter 3. The washing of water by the word. And when Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, except he be born of water and the spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God, cannot see the kingdom of God. So we're forgiven, we're redeemed, and the idea of being redeemed is to be bought back. Well, when we sin, sin separates us from God, Isaiah 59 and verse 2. So we need to be brought back to God, reconciled to him brought back into a right relationship with him. He sent his son to pay the price through his death on the cross as our savior to buy us back, to redeem us from the guilt and condemnation of our sins. Now notice in verses 7 and 8 how we're told that in Christ, one of the spiritual blessings is that God's grace abounds toward us abounds toward us. 
verses 7 and 8 of Ephesians chapter 1. In him we have redemption through his blood. Now that's certainly, you talk about the bottom line bestowal of God's grace upon us to forgive us, to redeem us. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Only God can forgive sin because ultimately all sin is against God. So only God can forgive sin. We cannot forgive ourselves and we can only be forgiven of our sins by God through his grace. We can't forgive ourselves We can't do enough good deeds to forgive ourselves of our sins. We cannot be so dedicated to God that he is obligated to forgive us of our sins. No, that's totally by his grace. Now, God does expect things from us in order to receive those blessings by his grace, and that is to come to him through Jesus Christ. That is to come to him in Christ being baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins. But it is God who does the forgiving, not us. And God forgives us and saves us totally by his grace. But he expects us to come to him his way in order to receive that forgiveness and salvation by his grace. In verse 11, Well, let's read on down through verses 9 and 10 and go into verse 11. Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. How are we gathered together with everyone else who becomes a Christian? How are we gathered together in Christ? Acts chapter 2 and verse 47 tells us that the Lord adds to the church those who are being saved, those who are coming to salvation through him. Why did Jesus establish his church upon the earth? Because that is where he puts the saved. And he is the one who does the putting of the saved in the church. You don't vote somebody into the church. We don't have that authority. And we never find that particular example anywhere in the New Testament scriptures. The Lord adds to the church daily those who are coming to salvation. The church is where the saved are. The church is referred to as the house of God, 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15. The church is identified as the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Colossians 1 and verse 18. I'm I'm sorry, Colossians, Colossians, Colossians 1 and verse 18. And then you can read further as well. The church is the body of Christ. The family of God. The body of Christ the house of God, where the saved are put by Jesus himself. That's where all of the saved are gathered together as one. No more Jew and Gentile, no more 
European or American, no more Southerner or Northerner, no more black or white or Hispanic or Asian. Now, all of those realities may exist on the surface level, but one in Christ, one family, one spiritual identity, the body of Christ, the house of God. And we're not talking about the church building. That's just a structure in which the church meets to worship God and study his word and to do their work. Those who become Christians, they are the church. As I said a number of times, it's the people, not the steeple. The people, the Christians, they are the church. They are the body of Christ. They are the house of God. And then verse 11. In him we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. What is that inheritance that we have promised to us and reserved for us as Christians? It's a home in heaven. It's eternal life with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in heaven. That's our inheritance. If we look at 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse, let's read verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Notice this, to an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you an eternal inheritance awaiting us in heaven, awaiting us in heaven because we're Christians, because we're in Christ, because we're the body of Christ, the family of God, the house of God. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 11, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. An entrance will be supplied to us abundantly into heaven, eternal life. What did Jesus say he came to give us? A, a life and more abundantly. That they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. More abundantly. And then let's look at the last of these spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that Paul lists in this particular text of Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 13. And again, I think it's a representative list. But oh, how wonderful what he lays out for us here specifically is. Verse 13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's not talking about being able to perform miracles. That's talking about the guarantee through the Holy Spirit. Now, 
Some people would say that's simply through the teachings of the word that was written down by writers inspired by God, guided by God through the Holy Spirit to write all of that down for us. And in that way, we're sealed by those promises. Others would say, no, it goes beyond that. In some way, the Spirit is with us. But we're not talking again about miracles. We're talking about the presence of God, the assurity of God, guaranteeing us our salvation, our eternal life through the Holy Spirit. How blessed we are as Christians. If you're not a Christian yet, you're missing all of those spiritual blessings in the heavenly places because they're only for those in Christ who have come to him through baptism for the remission of their sins. And then look at what God offers you. We're not finished with this particular part of our study. We'll continue next time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us and thank you for offering us all of these blessings. Help us to desire earnestly, but not just to desire, but to follow through with coming to you in obedience through Jesus Christ so that we can be recipients of all of these blessings. Praise, glory, and honor be to you. Please guide us in your will. Please, we, please, Father, we seek your forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And we pray in his name. Amen.